0: You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Well, I could give you all the accolades of uh, Reverend Tony Cook here. He's He's been around as long as me, so it's uh, it's sad. But we're, no, it's not sad. We're doing good. <laughs> no, I tell you, he's a tremendous blessing uh, you know, and, and he's a tremendous teacher and he's a, you know, he's a prolific writer. All of his, uh, product out there and everything is amazing. It's wonderful. Uh, I own every piece of thing that he has because I listen to it. I've read them over and over again because they're just so good. And, uh, he's gonna be twice as anointed tonight because his wonderful wife is here. Lisa, she's precious and valuable. Just a blessing. And uh, also, I count them as very, very close dear friends, and they're so precious. So let's give a good Harvest Bible Church welcome. Pastor Tony, come on. Thank you, Pastor Mark. Love you, buddy. Thank you. Don't you love your pastor? I have had the privilege of, I think, 1985 at the earliest, or latest, rather, that we met. and. All that, and and, uh, Pastor Mark has always had my respect and admiration as as both a brother in the Lord and as a servant of God, and uh, you guys are really, really blessed to have him here as your pastor, and we love uh, Miss Pam and uh, just are so thankful for all you guys. I want to take a a couple minutes here at the beginning uh, because I need to tell you guys thank you. And what I need to thank you for is for supporting Harvest Bible Church the way you support Harvest Bible Church. I know your pastor has a great missions heart. He's done a lot of missions, but uh, he, under his guidance and direction, this church uh, has a lot of seed going out uh, to a lot of ministries, to a lot of missionaries, and as long as I remember, you guys have, have helped us and supported us in our work. So can I show you a couple pictures? I say a picture is worth a thousand words. How many do you rather look at pictures than hear thousands of words? All right, all right. So let's go ahead with the first picture that we have here tonight. These are the countries that I've been privileged to preach in over the years, physically, in person. I didn't have to qualify that, uh, used to, but now you have to because we've been to a lot of other countries by Zoom, uh, internet, but physically these are the countries we've been in. Some of them seven times, you know, some five, whatever, and, you know, some just one, but uh, but really you have seed in all these countries uh, because it's churches like you that help us, that enable us to go and minister in places like that, and we have some books too, Pastor Mark Mark mentioned those very kindly. Uh, the center stack is are the books in English, and the um, stacks on the left and the right are the different translations in different languages, and uh, so uh, it just, it blesses us to know uh, that these are being used in Bible schools all over the world, in different, to help to train ministers and different things. Um, so we wanted to show that to you. Uh, another, let's see what else we have here. Um, these are some of the places I've been privileged to be. This is in Brazil a f- couple of years ago. Um, that is a minister's conference uh, I, Sao Paulo, I think it was, um, and that's the interpreter standing beside me. Uh, You probably can't tell who's got the really dark hair and who doesn't, Uh, but I'm on the left in case you're really confused about that. Um, Yeah, they are pastors and staff, church staff and things like that. There's... uh, Uh, 125 different Rhema Bible training centers throughout Brazil and uh, about 10,000 students. Uh, Lisa and I will be going back there in October, last couple weeks of October this year. And we'll be in three of the schools, a conference, some churches, things like that. Next slide. Uh, Those are some of the Brazilian pastors. That's one of our books in Portuguese. Uh, We love being there. They're real festive, happy people. And they have great rice and beans. I love their rice and beans. So uh, next slide, uh, that's one of the churches in, uh, in uh, Recife, I think, um, you know, one of the Brazilian churches, next slide. And we'll just keep moving through these. This is Zambia. Have you been in that church, Miracle Life yes. Church in Zambia with uh, Walker and Haley Schurz? Uh, next slide. We'll just do these quickly. Uh, four of our books are in Arabic. And this is the gentleman that heads up the publishing company that, uh, you know, did all those books into Arabic. And we're actually standing. It looks like we're just in a regular room, but we're actually in a boat there. Um, it's a, a, a boat. We had a meeting with about 60 pastors, and that boat is on the Nile River in Cairo. And they, I don't know why, they just rented a boat to do the meeting in. And I don't know, let's go to the next picture. Do we have... Uh, no, I was going to show you a picture of the signing of the books by pastors, but um, I didn't put that one in. Uh, this is a, a Kurdish pastor. Uh, that's one of the books in Arabic, the gentleman on the right. Do you know, Grady, he's one of our grads in... He's, he's based in Iraq, doing a great work there. Next slide. Um, this is in Turkey a few years ago. Uh, got to do a... Uh, 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 Holy Spirit conference right on the outskirts of ancient Ephesus and that was really fun because Ephesus was where Paul said have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed yes. and so 2000 years later I couldn't I could not resist it was it was a Holy Spirit conference so I had to open I said did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed and so uh, and we got to see a lot of people filled with the Spirit but there's you can see uh, what well, the 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 book that everybody got there, and this was done by another organization, we're not taking credit for that, but uh, everybody got a copy of Brother Hagan's book, Triumphant Church, and uh, just this brother's joy uh, really captured uh, how everybody responded to that, because Turkey is 99.98% Muslim, and uh, many nominal, you know, many just kind of by name, but, uh, you know, not many Christians there, and uh, so as a result, there's not many Christians Christian books that get translated into Turkish because there's just not a huge audience, but you can see the joy on his face and that uh, that picture alone was worth the whole trip. But Next picture, let's see what we've got here. This is in Beirut, Lebanon. Uh, Lisa and I have been there a couple times. I've been there twice, you've been there just once, um, but this is, you, how many of you remember the big explosion that happened in the harbor there? This church that I'm standing in preaching, they got all their windows blown out. Uh, from that particular blast. not not while we were there. I'm not, you know, but uh, they had to go in and do a bunch of remodeling and repair and that type of thing. But they're close enough to that harbor uh, where that blast took place. But we just had a wonderful time, both of of my trips and Lisa's one trip to uh, Beirut, uh, Lebanon. Next slide is uh, Switzerland, and uh, those are some of the Rama students in Switzerland. Uh, John, our, our pastor, Mark, you'll see John and Laura to the far left there. And uh, the next slide is going to be... Um, same uh, this is a still a french speaking school, but this is in France, and this is in Paris. The other one was uh, in Switzerland and uh, I did not know until afterwards I taught like twelve hours there, and they didn 't tell me till afterwards that my translator was the great great granddaughter of William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army. Wow. And uh, so I guess it wouldn't have made any difference, but that that was just really cool. Uh, The next slide, uh, that's in Nice, France. And then the next slide is going to be in Sicily. And what's our next slide? The next, like, Mexico City. So I just wanted you to see some of the places that we've been privileged to go. You've had a part of all of that, and um, we just want to say thank you. One of my friends says this. He's a missionary. He says, the best thing you can do to support missions is to give to your local church. And uh, uh, when you support your local church, you're keeping the house strong, and then it gives an abundance for pastors to be able to do and help help others. So just want to say thank you. Um, want to show you a picture that really encapsulates what this message is going to be about. If we could go to the next uh, picture, um, this is a little lamb. Anybody guess what I'm going to preach on tonight? I already told one brother here tonight. What am I going to preach on tonight? The Lord is my shepherd, and uh, uh, so I just thought it'd be really fun to open up with a picture of th- this. Did you know this is what you look like in the spirit? This is what you look like. Um, you're cute. How many of you know that you're cute? You're adorable. You're, you're just, I mean, what could be sweeter than that lamb? Uh, does anybody beside me you just want to go up and pat it on the head and feel its its little wool? How how cute it is and and things like that. And notice it's clean. It's it's notice its feet are right on the path. Right uh, this uh, this and this is you. That's what, exactly what you look like. But now the problem is the person sitting next to you isn't quite as cute isn't quite as well, what do you call it, shorn, where they, you know, notice how just, how beautiful that, there's nothing unruly or unmannerly about that, and, but, but that's you, but the person, I, and I don't, don't make them feel bad, but the person sitting next to you is not like that obedient cute sheep. How many of you know sheep can get lost, and sheep Jesus talked about sheep going astray and and all that and being needing rescued and so that 's you, but here 's what the person sitting next to you looks like as a, as a lamb let's go to the next picture now this this lamb that is also a lamb, and uh, this this lamb has not uh not been doing right. This lamb actually is from New Zealand. It got lost, and this is highly unusual because sheep, they cannot defend themselves, but this sheep got lost, got separated from the fold. Um, This is what happens when you don't go to church. Um, This sheep got lost, and it wandered off. They looked for it and could never find it. This sheep had found a little cave to hide in. And it hid there for six years, and it would it would come out. It'd eat grass and drink some water to go back in the cave. And they found this sheep six years later. Uh, that sheep is not fat in any way, shape, or form. As a matter of fact, that sheep was pretty malnourished, and everything that you're seeing there is all the wool that that grew um, when they found. And and by the way. They named this sheep Shrek. <laughs> Seriously, they named it Shrek, and um, it had 60 pounds of wool that came off. Okay? Just imagine you not getting a haircut for like 50 years. <laughs> You know, and that's kind of what happened. The, you know, I know we don't wear too many suits anymore, you know, the suit coats and all that. But it had enough for, they said, for 20 suits for a man. 20 suits, you know, the jacket, the slacks, and all that type of thing. Um, but but so that is uh, is Shrek. And it's actually, the next picture shows what Shrek looked like after he got all cleaned up and that type of thing. so... How many of you are glad the Lord restores? You know, um, but the fact that Shrek lived that way—they said it was just, you know, a miracle. Because if he had fallen, he—it would have been I've fallen and I can't get up. He would have just laid there and died because he could—he wouldn't have been able to get up. Um, but but so we're going to talk tonight about what it means for the Lord to be our shepherd. Okay, How many of you know that um, it's one thing for the Lord to be our Savior, it's another thing for the Lord to be our, our shepherd? Yes. Now, it sh- there really shouldn't be any big difference, because really, we. But I don't know about you, but when I first accepted the Lord, I wasn't necessarily really interested in Him guiding my everyday life. I was interested in getting forgiven so that if I died, I wouldn't go to hell. (laughs) How many of you, be honest, how many of you, when you accepted the Lord, it was fire insurance. You just didn't want to go to hell if you died. But 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 sometimes it takes a while before we realize, Lord, you don't just want to be my savior, and and you know I don't I just don't want to punch my ticket so I can go to heaven. But Lord, you really want to be involved in my everyday life. You want to guide me. You want to lead me. You want to direct me. Um, you know this imagery of sheep because they do tend to get in trouble. They do tend to you know matter of fact let me show you a little video here it's a 15 second video of what happens sometimes to sheep let's, let's look at this this is one particular sheep that um, we want to learn from. see the sheep is stuck and you know as soon oh he, they rescue the sheep so he's going to be so grateful now he's going to stay right with the shepherd oh no he's not going to stay with the shepherd he's going to like like a laser guided missile for self destruction. Now I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask you how many of you that's your testimony right there. Okay, how many? I don't know how many of you can can relate to that particular sheep, but um, I want to talk to you about the 23rd Psalm tonight. And in a sense, this type of message, in a sense, is a very dangerous message. Just like if I said I'm going to talk about John 3.16, that would be a dangerous message. You say, why would that be a dangerous message? Because we have a tendency, when we know something... To not pay attention to, oh, I already know that. For God so loves the world, he gave his only begotten son. I know that. And Psalm 23. I mean, there's a lot of, of people that, you know, have rarely ever been to church, but they've watched a funeral scene on a movie. And they saw the preacher standing there, the Lord is my shepherd. So people hear the 23rd Psalm, probably one of the most famous scriptures in the world. But if you hear somebody's gonna preach on it, we have a tendency to say, well, I know that. Can I encourage you tonight, just pretend you don't know anything about the 23rd Psalm. And because if you know something, you tend not to be open to learn something new. And I'm not saying I'm giving you some new revelation that's never been heard before, but how many of you know the Holy Spirit can always show us insights? And really, when tonight is done, I don't want you just to know the 23rd Psalm, I want you to know the shepherd. And there's a big difference between knowing the 23rd Psalm and knowing the shepherd. As a matter of fact, I, I'd really like it if instead of... Now, I'm not trying to change scripture, but, but how many of you know we need to own scripture? Yeah. We need to make it personal. Yes. And, and there are many people who can say, you know, they can quote the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. But I think when it really gets into, the, into their heart and attitude, what they're saying is the Lord was David's shepherd. I want you tonight to be able to say the Lord is my shepherd. I want you to own this psalm. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at, first of all, we're going to read the 23rd Psalm together, and then we're going to just really quickly uh, find, there's six verses, we're going to find 12 key uh, blessings in the 23rd Psalm that when we take the Lord as our shepherd, not just say he's our shepherd, but when we him as our shepherd, when we allow him to really shepherd us and guide us on a daily basis, I believe these 12 blessings will be released into our life. So I want you to, as we get into the 12 points, are very quick, don't think, man, 12 points is going to be here for hours. No, we're going we're to hit them fast. It's going to be the fastest 12-point sermon you've ever heard in your life. Okay, we're not going to keep you here all night. But I want you to use this as a checklist and say, well, how much of this is operative in my life? How much of this am I experiencing? How much of this is reality to me right now? But let's go ahead and pop up the Lord is my shepherd uh, here. Let's read this together, just all together out loud. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And the next part goes, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy follow me all the day days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's just lift our hands and thank God for that. Father, we thank you for that tonight. We thank you that Jesus, that's exactly who you want to be to us. You want to be our shepherd to lead us and guide us and meet our needs and bring us into peace and and keep us safe. And and Lord, just guide us and and that we'll dwell with you forever, Lord. Nothing will ever separate us from you. Lord, thank you for wisdom tonight that you speak to your people and, and you just... Just assure them and encourage them and lift them and bless them and give us wisdom and insight by the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Yeah. Amen. Well, real quickly, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 6. Isaiah 53 is probably the most powerful prophetic chapter in the entire Old Testament. It has to be one of the top. That's the one where it talks about uh, Jesus. was. It's really a graphic description of Jesus being crucified 750 years before he was even born on this earth. And right in the middle of Isaiah 53, it says, all we like sheep have gone astray, We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, that is the story of the human race. I wonder how many people th- you know there's two big ditches of deception. Some people think, "Well, I'm too bad. I've done too many wrong things. I've, you know, I've just messed up too bad in life. I've sinned too badly." And so they think, "Well, I can't come to church. I'm not worthy enough. I'm not good enough." Well, listen, the Bible says we've all sinned. We've all come short of the glory of God. The Bible says all we like sheep have gone astray. We've all turned everybody's acted in some point of rebellion at some point in their life where just I'm going to do it my way and and that type of thing but but the beautiful thing is no matter how badly we've messed up the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all aren't you glad that Jesus went to the cross And because he died for our sins, not only is he qualified to be our savior after his resurrection, but he's also eager to be our shepherd. So no matter what we've done wrong, but you know, on the other end of the spectrum, there's people that think, well, I don't need to go to church. I'm a pretty good person. You know, I haven't done, I'm not nearly as bad as a lot of people, you know, and so they're in a ditch on the opposite side of the road. Listen, there is nobody that's been so bad that they cannot receive the mercy of God, the grace of God that's in Jesus Christ, and there's nobody that's so good that they don't need the mercy and the grace of God. Amen. And so, so this concept here, but look at, look at what Peter said, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25, he said, For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Did you know that the word shepherd and the word pastor are the exact same word in the Greek language? Sometimes it's translated shepherd, sometimes it's translated pastor, but there's only one Greek word. So you could just, instead of saying pastor Mark, you could say shepherd Mark, okay? Now he's not your ultimate shepherd. Jesus is your ultimate shepherd, but pastor Mark is... Jesus' assistant shepherd. Uh, He's the human representative of, of, of Jesus here in this local congregation to do what shepherds do, and that is to lead and feed and guide and direct and things of that nature. So um, we see this, that we were like sheep going astray, but we have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of our souls. How many of you like the old hymns? How many of you like some of the old? Some of the old hymns have some great words. And there's one uh, called, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. I want you to look at the words to that. Uh, Jesus, I'm not going to sing it. Jesus sought me when a stranger How many are glad that Jesus, when you went astray, he didn't say, well, you know, that's a dumb sheep. No, Jesus went looking for the sheep. As a matter of fact, the Bible says uh, that we did not choose him, but he chose us. That it's not that we loved him, it's that he loved us. So Jesus sought me when I was a stranger. I was wandering from the fold of God. He, to rescue me from danger, interposed his precious blood. Aren't you glad for the blood of Jesus Christ? When we were wandering away, W-A-N-D-E-R, wandering away, uh, he rescued us from danger by bringing his blood into the situation. There's another verse. Let's look at the next verse of this song. When I was reading this a while back, I thought, I don't like this verse. I don't like this verse of the song. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And I thought about that and I said, God, I don't want to acknowledge that. I don't want to acknowledge that I'm prone to wander away from you. I don't want to acknowledge that I'm prone to leave the God I love. I'm a born-again man. I'm a born-again spiritual being. I'm a new creature in Christ. I want to stay close to God. But then I was remembering we all have flesh. Your flesh wants to do its own thing. Your flesh wants to go its own way and uh, you don't have to do that but but you need to realize that your flesh is sneaky your flesh is tricky your flesh is spoiled and your flesh wants to you know go its own way but but so the song then comes into a point of consecration here's my heart lord oh take and seal it seal it for thy courts above so we just have to understand as sheep, we may have a fleshly tendency to want to go our own way, do our own thing, uh, you know, not trust in God, not rely upon God, uh, but but we have to make up our minds. Uh, anytime that I as a sheep, a follower of God, uh, get off track and wander away from him, I there's a good chance I'm going to be like that one sheep that just did the, you know, the dive bomb the ditch, you know, and we don't want to go there. So here are the 12 blessings that are released into your life and into my life when we are following the great shepherd. Number one, the first blessing is provision. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And God wants to meet our needs. Materially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, uh, physically, God wants to meet our needs. He is our provider. And, um, and, and, and this implies, this doesn't mean you'll never go through a point in time where the enemy does not attack and try to rob you of, of your provisions in Christ and, and that type of thing. But you just keep following the shepherd and keep saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. God is committed to meeting our needs and, um, you know, we have the beautiful verse in Philippians 4, my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory. Uh, he's a shepherd who wants to meet our needs. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 6, he was talking about people getting anxious and worried about, uh, you know, having enough to eat and having clothes and things like that. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So just just determine right now that, that he is El- Shaddai. He is the God who is more than enough. He, he delights in the prosperity of his servants. He wants to meet your needs. That's why David said, "The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want." shall not lack. There was one little girl in Sunday school who was trying to quote this, and she didn't get it quite right. But the way she said it actually had some real profundity to it. She said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's all I want. And there's some, there's a Beautiful perspective there as well. But number one, when, when we follow the great shepherd, we have provision. David said, I shall not lack. I shall not want. Number two, when we are following the great shepherd, he brings rest into our life. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. And you know what, Um, we live in a really hectic world and sometimes, you know, I I remember thinking, Lord, if I just had 32 hours a day and if I didn't have to sleep, I could get everything done that I need to get done. And and we were talking at lunch today because Pastor Mark and I, I think, are kind of wired the same way, you know, we just, we want to accomplish and and get things done and, and that type of thing. And one of the things that some of us have problems with is knowing how to, Rest. Amen. Because we want to we want to do, we want to achieve, we want to accomplish. There's how many how many of you have so many things screaming at you all the time that just demand your attention and 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 I'll tell you it's it's some of us it's it's harder than for others to just really relax and just Chill out a little bit. Jesus said, Matthew eleven twenty eight. he said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest. Rest for your souls, yes. now notice it 's more than just resting your body it 's more than just Amen. sleeping. There is this element of really being able to turn everything over to God Amen. and just you know and, and really rest even our mind. Um, now the ladies always love this that uh, that while a man slept, God did his most magnificent work. God did his most magnificent work while Adam was asleep. And this, this, um, there's really a powerful principle here, and that is when man rests, God works. Sometimes we think God can only work when we're working. But I'll tell you, there are some things where we need to get our hands off of it sometimes and let God do some work. I'm not talking about being irresponsible and not doing the things we need to do in life. But, but there is this place where faith rests. And, and, and David said, uh, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Number three, peace he leads me beside the still waters. The still, not, not the turbulent waters, not the white waters, not the big waterfall. See, sheep, sheep won't really, I, I, I'm pretty sure they will kind of shy away from that because sheep like still waters with the tranquility, with the peace, and uh, we need to remember what Jesus said in John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. One person said, when I am anxious, it is because I'm living in the future. When I am depressed, it is because I'm living in the past. We need to live in the moment and trust God and, and, and you know uh, Mark Twain I think it was Mark he gets uh, he said everything of course I just if you don't know who said it, it was probably Mark Twain but but he said he said I have known many calamities in my life and a few of them actually happened you understand what he was saying One person said this, and I love this statement, for peace of mind, turn in your resignation as the general manager of the universe. You stop and think, most of the things we're anxious about, we can't do anything about it. It's outside of our control. So just resign as general manager of the universe. Let God handle it, go to sleep. Number four... Number four, when the Lord is our shepherd, the fourth blessing that is released in our life is restoration. He restores my soul. Now, we have to kind of look at this maybe something that David wasn't thinking about because David lived under his covenant and he didn't know if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He did he. Didn't know any of that. That was hundreds of years away. He didn't know what Jesus was going to say. He, you know, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So you know, if we're going to kind of transpose our New Testament understanding back onto this, which really isn't good theologically, but you know, we could say today that our spirit man doesn't get restored. Our spirit man gets born again. We become a new creature in Christ. Old things pass away, behold, all things are become new. But the reality is our soul, which we assume most people understand that to mean the mind, the will, the emotions, uh, it still needs to be restored why because so many people all of us have come out of different backgrounds where we had bad thinking we had bad experiences we were hurt we were rejected abused um all kinds of issues and our soul even though our spirit man is born again made a new creature in christ people still carry uh patterns and habits of thinking and, and uh, perceiving the world and things like that. And, and this is another way to me of saying that we need to get our mind renewed to the word of God. You know, there are people who restore things. They, uh, I was in one church, Pastor Mark, and I was teaching on this, and this guy comes up and starts showing me, these are my cars, and he has all these, you know, 55 Chevy and all that, and he, this is what it looked like before, and this is what it looks like now. And, man, when he got that 50 whatever, probably not the right year, but whatever that Chevy was, man, it looked like a mess. But by the time he had, you know, worked on it and done all this stuff, to it, it was beautiful. And see, that's what God does with us. We come to him, we may be a big mess, and and he gives us beauty for ashes, and the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We just need to know that God is in the restoring business. And it doesn't matter how, you know, what you think has happened to you and how that's affected you. Uh, He is able to make all things new. Number five, when we're following the great shepherd, the fifth blessing that comes into our life is guidance. Guidance. Man, how many people are confused today? I've never seen a time in my life where people were getting so much information and misinformation and none of the experts agree on anything and you know everything's politicized and everything is you just think man who do you believe well let me just encourage you just believe the bible (laughs) believe god Uh, he leads me notice this he leads me there's three parts to this number one he leads me yes he does number two he leads me in paths of righteousness yeah. not convenience come on come on good word good word he'll he'll lead me in paths of righteousness and number 3 for his name's sake Amen. 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 see we think we want god to guide us just so it works out good for us well he does want it to work out well for us but but he wants it to work out for his glory he leads me in paths. See, so if we don't want to be led in paths of righteousness, then it's kind of hard to follow the shepherd when he's, he's leading us in this path of righteousness. and we're so, But I want to do it this way. See, we have to decide every day whose influence is going to r- prevail in our lives. He leads us in paths of righteousness. He'll always lead us in line with his word. His Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. That word son there is a Greek word uh, for mature sons. See, immature sons, uh, baby Christians, carnal Christians are often led by their own flesh they're led by other influences, but as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the mature sons of God. Number six, and I love this one. When we follow the great shepherd, we get security. Security. Yea, though I walk through the the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no Evil? Why? Because you are with me. We have security. And, and notice this. It doesn't say, yea, though I set up camp in the valley of the shadow of death. I think it was Winston Churchill, not quite as eloquent or spiritual, but he said, if you're going through hell, keep going. David said, yea, though I walk through... Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. So if if you're going through it, um, see, some people think that if you follow the great shepherd, it's just always gonna be, you know, you're just gonna be at the still waters and the green pasture. But how many of you know the journey of life takes us through some ugly stuff? The Bible says David, the same guy who wrote this, said many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Amen. Even Jesus said, These things have I spoken to you that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. If you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, don't be in denial, but don't set your emergency brake either. Yeah, amen. Keep going, keep going through. Um, and, and really, this has to do, this, this security has really to do with, I will fear no evil. Right. I, I, again, I don't know a time in my life when I've seen, you know, and I'm sure there have been, you know, people during, well, this was not during my life, but World War II or the Great Depression or some of the, you know, there have always been horrible times and seasons of life. But in my lifetime, you know, people just dealing with fear. Um, you know fear just seems rampant and and um, uh, we, we really need to be able to say with David yea though I walk through this I will fear no evil and, and not fearing evil I love Psalm 112 verse 7 it says he will not be afraid of evil tidings his heart is steadfast Trusting in the Lord, his heart is established, he will not be afraid. And, and Proverbs 3.24 says, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. So we have security, I will fear no evil. Now I told you, I want you to look at this kind of as a Checklist. How are you doing on these provision, uh, rest, peace, uh, restoration? You know uh, all these different things. And and listen, if you say, "Man, I haven't had much peace lately," don't don't feel condemned about that. Just snuggle up closer to the shepherd. Just say, I just need to move over here a little bit and, you know, hang out a little bit closer with the shepherd. doesn't mean you're backslid. doesn't mean you're, you know, in rebellion to God. It just means, you know, the, the, the enemy wants to bring distractions into your life to just get your focus. You're not focused as well as you could be, should be. And uh, again, no condemnation to that. But, but this is just an opportunity when we go through this checklist to say, I need to make an adjustment here. How many of you know God doesn't quit loving you because you get a little bit off focus or a little bit, you know, off, off center? Uh, but, but he's just continually inviting us to, you know, realign ourselves, not because he's mad at us or hates us, but because he loves us and he wants us to experience the fullness of, of his blessing. Number seven, I like this, uh, the seventh blessing that we get is comfort, and, and, and it's, David shared that in a very interesting way. He said, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I just know what I've read, and I've gone back and studied this some from the ancient culture, and shepherds tended to carry two different types of sticks, the rod and the staff. And the rod was basically, just think of a baseball bat, it was a club it was uh, and, and it was it was not it was not to be used on the sheep. it was to be used on the wolf or the bear, or the lion, whatever was coming and David even talked about when he was a shepherd that sometimes his sheep were attacked, and he talked about when, what was it a lion and a bear that he just grabbed it and beat the thing to death, just killed the thing, and so David, who understood you know. Uh, you know he said uh his his rod comforts me Okay, because that club, and then the staff was usually a, a thinner, longer type pole um, that ha- a lot of times had that hook on the end and and the shepherd used it and de- sometimes he 's used it for walking, but sometimes if that sheep, for example, fell down uh, a little embankment and and, it, the, and the shepherd couldn 't reach it, he could take that hook and just hook it around and pull it back to himself. So, so the rod and the staff, it was David saying, you know, my shepherd can kill anything that bothers me, and, and if I get a little bit off, he can pull me back to himself. Boy, that brings me comfort. That I'll never be out of his reach. And, and also, no weapon formed against me will prosper because my shepherd's weapon is bigger than, you know... The enemies, whatever he's got, and then number eight, we have sustenance. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Sustenance. There's just nothing quite like um, a good meal. You know, uh, you're you're kind of tired and and uh, you're worn out, and then just somebody just prepares something before you, and, and boy, you just get to eat and that type of thing. But the thing about this that to me seems kind of weird, see, like we enjoyed, you know, a really nice dinner last night with Pastor Mark and Miss Pam, and boy, it's just so nice sitting there, and um, Bub's Beef, Bud's. Bud's Beef, yeah, yeah, I'd go back there in a heartbeat. Um, <laughs> but you know, the thing is, we're just sitting there with our friends, And so it wasn't just we had really nice food, but boy, we had nice fellowship. We got to visit about all kinds of things. And, you know, there was no no danger there. There was no threat there. But David didn't say he prepares a table before me in the presence of my friends. That would make sense. But he said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my friends enemies I've struggled with that over the years I'm thinking well if he prepares a table and not that the enemies are right at the table with me they're not they're not eating what the Lord prepares As a matter of fact one preacher just gave a beautiful um, down-to-earth statement about this he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies he got to preach and he says they mad but we eaten <laughs> they mad but we eaten and I can't say it quite as well as he did either. <laughs> but when I, when I stop and think about this, he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Enemies typically cause us to feel threatened, right? And I don't know if you've ever had this, but I've had a few times in my life where fear would get a hold of me, anxiety would get a hold of me. And, and even though it may not have been that tremendously be- how many of you know fear magnifies everything and you know Lord don't you care that we're perishing yeah. you know well you don't know really that you're perishing but your mind is running and you know catastrophic thinking and you're you're envisioning worst case scenarios you ever been gripped by fear like that yeah. now I don't know what it's been like for you but when those things happen to me boy I didn't have any appetite because that fight or flight kicks in you know and and you know you th- eating. I, I'm not I'm not hungry. You know the world's about to end. What are you talking about <laughs> eating? You know. Awesome, yeah. But but this is God saying, as you're going through this valley, and there's enemies out there that are talking. You know, we're going to kill you. We're going to destroy you. You're never going to make it. God says, eat. <laughs> eat and, and he, he wants us to uh, have enough trust in him and there's no condemnation of, and I know some people when they get nervous anxious fearful or whatever uh, they don't have the reaction of not wanting to eat anything they want to eat everything <laughs> so we, we're, we're wired different we can have different reactions but, but God says I, I have sustenance for you We've got a journey ahead. You need to eat so that you can have strength for this journey. And don't worry about those enemies. They're they're around, uh, but they're not going to beat you. They're not going to prevail. There's sustenance. Uh, Number nine, there's anointing. You anoint my head with oil. It was customary in those days to receive a guest by anointing them with oil. Um, You would offer them, of course the feet would be washed and then you would also offer them a a little basin and and, uh, it would be full of a perfumed oil and because it was so dry and dusty and arid uh, you know, for them to, you know, rub some of this perfumed oil on and, and that type of thing. And, and the oil would be, um, it, it was kind of like a moisturizer with the hot sun and everything. But, but with, so it was, uh, this anointing with oil was really a sign of hospitality. You are welcome. And, and God is saying to us, you, I, "I'm going to. I'm receiving you unto myself. You're welcome. I'm showing you hospitality." But there was another thing that now that that was people. But really, when we get to sheep, so probably this is more more apropos and relevant uh, with sheep. Um, you know, they tended to get bit by insects. And the insects, the biting flies or whatever they were, really tended to focus around the ears and the nose. And so the shepherd every so often would just take some of this oil because they used olive oil for everything in, in that part of the world. Soap and cooking and everything. It's just they just used it for everything. But they would take that oil, and they would rub it around the sheep's ears, and that would keep the insects from biting. And if they had been bitten, uh, then it would be a medicine. It would be it was a soothing and refreshing thing. They'd kind of rub it around the nose, you know, because that's where the insects would tend to bite, and just on the head in, in general. But, but another thing, how many have ever seen sheep... Uh, and it's typically the males, I'm sorry to say, where the males get and do this boom and, and run into each other's head. And, you know, boy, the, some of those are just, you see it with longhorn sheep, um, but but even, yeah, rams, but even with just regular type sheep in a, in a pasture, the males, especially during mating, say, boy, they'll just boom. And sometimes they just really hurt each other. So what the shepherds would do is they'd take extra olive oil and rub it on their heads so that when they ran into each other, they'd slide off (laughs) to this very day. Now today, shepherds use axle grease. And these sheep will run at each other, thinking i 'm just going to knock this guy, and their heads slide off each other, and' they're kind of like, "What happened there but i don 't know what all the spiritual lessons are there, but but the Bible says the Bible says, David said, you anoint my head with oil. So that speaks of hospitality, and, and that speaks of, of healing and, uh, you know, it, prevention, and, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, if we stay anointed, we won't maybe get hurt when we run into other Christians. I don't know. I'm not sure that one really works very good, but we tried it. Number 10... When we follow the great shepherd, we have abundance. I love this. My cup runs over. They say that the pessimist says my cup is half empty. The optimist says my cup is half full. But the believer says my cup runneth over. And I like this. And to me, the... the. Um, You know, you look at verse 1, and it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That means your cup will be full. And that's good, but this is above and beyond that. My cup runs over. So is God wasteful? No. But our cup runs over because once our cup is full, then God just keeps pouring. And so what is that? That's overflow. That's more than enough. Not just enough, but more than enough. Well, what do we do with more than enough? We have something to share with one another. So we have abundance. My cup runs over. And then number 11, we have confidence. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Notice he didn't say, I hope. Maybe. Perhaps. No, he said, "Surely, goodness." In other words, he's saying, uh, uh, s- with certainty, with with absolute uh, conviction of belief, uh, mercy and good goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And then, number twelve, David said, "The the twelfth blessing of of following the great shepherd is a sense of union." a sense of union, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Paul said it this way in Romans 8, nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Now, just real quickly in closing, when the Bible says the Lord is my shepherd, it, it is actually a Hebrew phrase, Jehovah, Jehovah. And I'm not sure on the pronunciation because I barely speak English, much less Hebrew. Uh, Jehovah-Rohi, I believe. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, you know, we have all these other phrases. Jehovah-Shalom, Jehovah-Rapha. They're compound names of God. Jehovah is, is the God who reveals himself. Um, And and it's it's a reference to the covenant-making and covenant-keeping God. So so we have the actual phrase, uh, Jehovah-Rohi, for the Lord is my shepherd. But then all through the rest of the 23rd Psalm, you don't have the other Jehovah names actually used, but you have them all implied. And let's go ahead with the next set of slides if we could. Uh, I shall not want is Jehovah Jireh. I shall not want Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. The still waters speaks of Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. The Lord uh, the restores my soul. It really refers to Jehovah Rapha or Jehovah Rophe, the Lord who heals. The He leads me in paths of righteousness. Really refers to Jehovah Sidkenu, which means the Lord our righteousness. When David said, "You are with me," that's Jehovah Shama, the Lord is present, and 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 the presence of my enemies who uh, sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies, really speaks of Jehovah Nissi, the Lord, our banner, the Lord, our flag, or the Lord, our victory. And, and the, the Lord who anoints my head is Jehovah M. Kadesh, the Lord who sanctifies, because oil was always used in sanctifying uh, objects and people, You know, like holy objects for the tabernacle or temple, holy people, the priests, and so on. So what you have here is the Lord is my shepherd, Jehovah-Rohi, explicitly used in Psalm 23.1. But all these other uh, names of Jehovah are implied in the descriptions and the activities of the shepherd. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Lift one hand up to heaven and say, Lord... You are my shepherd. When I follow you, you release blessings into my life. You release provision, rest, peace, uh, guidance, security, comfort, sustenance, anointing, abundance, confidence, and union. Lord, I thank you that you are my shepherd. shepherd. There's none of us that have followed you perfectly. But Lord, tonight I set my heart to, to follow you. I don't just want you to be my savior. I want you to be my shepherd. And Lord, just help me always be mindful that you're a good shepherd. You gave your life for the sheep. So we'll honor you and we'll follow you. And I believe we'll see these blessings be realized, be manifested, and increase in all of our lives as we follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Let me just ask you this question. I never like to close a service. Uh, You may all be outstanding, devoted believers and closely following the Lord for many years. But you know, maybe there's somebody here tonight or uh, watching by internet that you've never really... uh, made Jesus the Lord of your life. He's not been your shepherd. Maybe you knew the 23rd Psalm, but you don't really know the shepherd. Maybe you've never even said, Jesus, I want you to be my savior. Uh, I want you to know tonight, here or online, that... Jesus loves you. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead so that you can not only just have these 12 blessings, but so many more, you know, just to be forgiven, just to know that your sins have been cleansed and that, uh, that you're accepted by God as his child, that there's a place in heaven for you when you leave this earth. You know, there's just nothing richer or better than knowing that Jesus is your savior and your shepherd. And so we want to pray in just a second, and, and maybe there's somebody who would say, Tony, I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior, or you would say, you know, Tony, man, I... I accepted the Lord at one point but man I've been like that sheep earlier that just running away as fast as he could and getting in more trouble and and you're like the prodigal son you've gone your own way you've you've uh, left father's house as it were and you know that you need to come back and I'm not just talking about some little tiny adjustments you need to make in your attitude or something like that I mean you've been away from God and you need to Come back home tonight. How many people in this auditorium tonight, just with an uplifted hand, would say, Tony, I've never accepted Jesus, or man, I've been on the run, I've been away from God, and I need to rededicate my life tonight in a really profound and meaningful way. Let me see your hand all over this place, if that's you. If that's you, you need Jesus for the first time or you need to rededicate your life to God, I'm looking all over this place. I don't see any hands, but you know what? We have people watching online You may need Jesus tonight. So if that's you, if that's you, let's all pray together. You pray right where you are. Um, I haven't been able to see you raise your hand, but God knows your heart. And if you're reaching out to him tonight, uh, we're going to lead you in a prayer that will allow you to say, yes, Lord. So let's all pray this together. Say, dear God, I thank you that you love me so much that Jesus died for my sin. He shed his blood for my forgiveness. And Jesus did not stay dead. He rose from the dead. He's alive tonight. And he's offering all of us his forgiveness, acceptance, cleansing, and a new start. So Jesus, I put my faith in you. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And I turn away from my old life. And I surrender my life to you. I give you all of my life and all of my heart. Help me to live for you and honor you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that uh, tonight, or you may be watching it later, if you prayed that, please contact this church, and I know they want to communicate with you, but guys, it has been so much fun being with you tonight. I've enjoyed every second. Again, I want to thank you for uh, the way that you support this church, the leadership of this church, and things like that. We do have some books out there, as Pastor Mark mentioned, and um, on the way in, one of the brothers said, I sure like your little book called The Lord is, because the Lord Lord is my shepherd. I said, have I preached that here before? He said, no, I've just read the book. So we do have that book uh, available. It's a little small book. Matter of fact, I wrote it right at the beginning of coronavirus because my publisher contacted me and said, "We're contacting all of our authors, and can you get us a book really fast to help people deal with all the fear and uncertainty?" And uh, I wrote. It's a very small book, but I wrote it in eight days and got it to them, and they churned it out really fast because they wanted people to have something, and, and it, they did that with many of their authors as well. So, but that's out there as well as. All the others that you saw tonight. I want you to give a great hand of love and appreciation to your pastor. God bless you, Pastor Mark. Thank you, sir. Love you, bud. Thank you.